I'm going to play it for everybody so everyone gets a sense of what this, uh, you know, maybe they'll help people understand what might be going on here from Reichland and other people. All right. Out of the blue. People coming all over from all over Virginia. All right. Rallying right. for audits. Right. Right? Uh-huh. And none other than one of the most respected leaders in Virginia I got here with me, Chuck Smith. Absolutely. What do you think we should do in Virginia oh, we for the have, 2020 election? Oh, we have to audit. I, I mean, you can't have integrity if you can't audit. We have a constitution, we have laws, and rules and laws control. If there's ever a doubt, then you have to have a play-by-play picture of where to go from here, and you do that by audits. Uh, the integrity of our system, our oath, and everything that we believe in relies on things functioning as they should. One vote, one person, one person, one vote. If there's anything contrary to that, if there's any question about that, you need an audit trail. That's ex- that's just extremely important. It's, it's, it's almost second nature, common sense. Without an audit, there will always be doubt. And at the end of the day, in order to go forward, you got to stop going backwards. So what do you think, uh, what's your response to the Department of Justice right now? Oh, I think it's ridiculous. And then uh, using the 1960 Civil Rights look. Act to claim that digital fake votes and di- and fake paper votes somehow to audit them and nullify them is racist. Wasn't it Nancy Pelosi and the uh, uh, the Congress, the runaway Congress and the Democratic administration that told Sessoms that, in fact, put the fear of God in Sessoms that he he backed down and recused himself, but told him that they couldn't be a puppet of the president. And so then the uh, the AG that replaced him didn't didn't they back him into a corner in those interview in, in those interviews before Congress where they uh, uh, really stormed all over his head, telling him that he could not be a puppet of the of the president. No, we need to have a DOJ that is not a puppet of the president if that's the policy they're going to follow. And you know, this goes on, and I don't feel like we need to add the whole thing, but there's something really odd about that. I mean, it just doesn't feel authentic. I don't know. It certainly has happened, of course, authentically, but there's no. Just shows up in the middle of his Instagram feed. It's the rare thing. It's not the same as anything else on his Instagram feed. And, you know, pops up and he's obviously shooting himself. And he himself says, suddenly, out of the blue, all these people are showing up to support the audit. Now, you're saying that there's a movement as well going on behind the scenes that might be helping people find their way to supporting this audit, whether it's perhaps blackmail, extortion, or other things. Yes, yes, 100%. It's not debatable in my mind. Right now, it's debatable in other people's minds in the American public. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to alleviate right now. Mm-hmm. It certainly makes, I mean, it's not out of character, or out of the, you know, certainly the modus operandi of this group of people. It's not beyond them to operate in this way. So, you know, the question is, is it completely illegal? Do we know that there's anything illegal going on? You seem to say they wanted you to do things illegal or certainly allowed for illegal things, but... Is there anything criminal that they did, or is this nudging, influencing, pushing people? You know, is it typical stuff that politicians do? No, this is 100% election fraud and mm-hmm. election crimes, and the FBI. This is an absolute violation of our constitution and the undermining of our democracy. And there's no look. The line has clearly been drawn on this one. Mm-hmm. This is not a uh, a gray issue. Mm-hmm. So. This is not the first time or the last time that um, you know Ivan Reichlin here on behalf of Flynn over there has been doing this kind of stuff. There's a couple of instances again on the Instagram feed where you know Flynn is seen to be endorsing some of these politicians who came out in favor of an audit, and there are other instances. Of, you know he does a lot of schmoozing in high-end places. In some cases, a lot of fundraising as well going on there. He was a candidate for for office, didn't succeed as we mentioned. 
He also has his own um, cameo account, which she suddenly adopts a very American accent for, because normally he doesn't have a very American accent. But in this particular cameo clip, he adopted a very American accent. And uh, interestingly enough, he is capable of, uh, here's another picture that he broke bread with some officer. I don't know where this is from, but maybe other people will recognize it. Uh, he also posts from his phone feed all the apps he uses. Many of them are, of course, Russian apps, as certainly um, many of them are encrypted apps. And then here he is at the White House with his good friend, real Ben Carson. I don't know why he was at the White House, what got him to be at the White House, but we certainly see that he's connected to all the power structures that were involved in January the 6th and before that. So I want to take a break. And then when we come back, I do want to pick up where we left off now. So we'll go back to you being set up for a meeting with General Flynn, and that's going to be an interesting story in itself. And then we'll build out from there and uh, we'll take any questions. I know there's a lot of great comments. I want to hear everyone's comments and I'm going to check them during this break and uh, we'll get to answer those in just a moment when we return on Narrative. Thanks for watching. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute with Everett Stern. Hi, friends. Thanks for supporting Narrative. This portion of the show is brought to you by Policy Genius. Summer is coming to an end and the leaves are about to fall. And while Mother Nature does her thing preparing for the new season, you can do yours by getting free life insurance quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius simply to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. So you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying experience. Policy Genius's excellent service has been endorsed by thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google, and eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes Advisor, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Visit policygenius.com and you'll be able to work out your coverage needs in minutes and find your best price for life insurance. And Policy Genius will take care of the paperwork and scheduling at no cost to you. They never sell the information you give them to other companies or add extra fees. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. And welcome back to Narrative with Everett Stern. Ever, you know, there are questions online about this caucus. I mean, a lot of people have not heard about it, and I have not heard about it. Others have heard about it as being sort of an overarching group. You say it's funded by Al Hartman, this billionaire out of Houston. You say that Michael Flynn is the leader of it. Is that correct? Yes. And how did you come to be invited to meet uh, General Flynn in that context? Can you help describe the weeks and days leading up to that meeting, which was, what, what in May? It must have been in May. Sure. So there was actually kind of a relationship that was developed between myself and Al Hartman. Al Hartman first put me in touch with Trump's people uh, with America First. And then uh, Al Hartman was adamant on him putting me in touch with General Flynn. And this was critical uh, because General Flynn, I guess, wanted my help with certain operations or... Can know, I clarify, how did you meet Al Hartman? How did you meet Al Hartman? just wanted just to clarify that one point. Yeah, Al Hartman was introduced to me uh, through friend of a friend of a friend. Uh, it was a very odd thing that actually uh, myself and a number of government officials and, and intelligence officers are trying to figure out how Al Hartman came into my world, whether Flynn actually directed him towards me to bring myself in. It's kind of a convoluted situation. I can't get into the full details of, of Al right now, but um, so what's, Al, what's... Al was someone who... Al was someone who was introduced to me. I did not actually approach Al. 
And America First, how did you relate to America First? Al Hartman is very plugged in with America First and with Donald Trump. Uh, Al Hartman wanted America First and Donald Trump to support my U.S. Senate campaign. And did um, they? No. No, because and, and that's for reasons I'm, I'm more than happy to get, to, to get into if the audience want, wants me to later. Uh, but what Al Hartman, though, was you know absolutely the financier behind Flynn, and I was actually introduced to Ivan Reichlin by Al Hartman. I mean, I was literally on the phone with Al Hartman, and he plugged me in with Ivan, and then Ivan actually said in my first interaction with Ivan, told Al to drop off the line, and that's when the interrogation started. For me to start the uh, testing to make sure I wasn't a mole or anything like that. Right. There are very paranoid of moles and rats within the organization. Just explain to me, did Al Hartman support your run for the Senate? Is he a funder of yours? No, I would not take his take, okay. any, take any money from. I, so, did, there was no exchange of money between myself or any of these individuals. Okay, Al introduces you to Ivan Reitlin. For what purpose? to help overturn the audit and to help start providing intelligence. And uh, he wanted to introduce me into inside the organization and felt the tax grab it would be key in doing so. Uh, and also myself uh, as a U.S. Senate candidate having that access. So uh, Al, see, Al wasn't just a financier. He, he was kind of like an operator at the same time. He, he was very much, very, very much a believer in someone who was instrumental I think the right word is an activist in trying to get these audits overturned. Okay. Um, there's confusion here amongst the people on chat. They're saying there's America First related to Fuentes. Is that the America First you're talking about? Or is there's an, are you talking about an American First related to... There were all sorts of different group names during those years. Uh, which one are you specifically talking about? This has to do directly with Donald Trump. So the... Um, well, I don't remember all these committees, but okay. It was a PAC related to Donald Trump? I honestly don't know. I didn't okay. get far enough down that. Th I, I didn't pull that thread far enough. Um, I had okay. very brief conversations with those individuals, and, and that was it. Okay. So now you're on your way to, to talk to Reichland, and he starts doing this battery of tests with you. What kind of tests? Can you tell us what tests they were? Why did he do them? And uh, you know, how did the results turn out? Well, you know, I mean, the first, he, he wanted to know how long I was a candidate for the CIA's clandestine service for. Uh, again, I was a candidate for NCS, and then I was rejected from that program. And I told oh, them this was, that, this was that when was, we, I didn't know this about you. So tell me, tell me when this was. Uh, this was back in 2006, um, and again, I was rejected, 100% rejected from that. I told him it was classified. He told me that he was going to call somebody at agency and find out, and actually find out yeah. the truth, uh, which was very concerning considering his connections. Maybe he could figure that out. I didn't know. But he did this, uh, also, he wanted to know about my relationship with Maxine Waters. Um, you know, I helped. What's your relationship uh, with her? Uh, I helped with the anti-money laundering bill um, that, that she was, you know, again, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, her and I share very different political views. But, you know, look, if she wants to lock up bankers in jail, I'm more than happy to help. I mean, mm -hmm. let's work together and cross the aisle, right? This was but, re but related to your HSBC work. Is that right? Or Right, right. So, so it had nothing to do with... Um, it, correct. And, and uh, he wanted to know about family. He wanted to know about, he had a number of questions. And then he, he said, Everett, let me hang up the phone and run some background checks on you. And, and then he hung up the phone on me. And then he sent me a whole bunch of text messages asking me if, if I knew this person, that per battery went on and on and on. And again, this is all documented. And what ended up happening was, uh, again, I am not a uh, trained intelligence officer or operative, but uh, I was able to get past his tests. So he then gives you a background check. He clears you. 
and he doesn't seem to mind that you're, you know, Maxine Waters, that would be a big red flag for him, I would think, or, you know, that, that would just certainly set something off, but you pass somehow. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge problem. Uh, the Maxine Waters thing was a huge issue. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I had to navigate around this and believe me, this was just over a series of hours and, uh, over hours over uh, one day or hours over a period of time hours uh, one day of, of questioning from him but then there was about a week of vetting after that that i had to go through as well but I, so, I i can't i can't get into some of that okay so he's then you know really vetting you for a meeting with flynn is that the purpose of what he's doing is that what they're or is he vetting you for work for flynn he was vetting for both so he okay. actually after i passed the test he wanted to set up a meeting with me to meet with him Sidney powell giuliani at uh trump hotel in dc and uh, he, he wanted to have a meeting with himself as well and from there he wanted to discuss operations then he canceled that meeting and then he said to me i need you to give a speech at the patriots as a final test and if you pass that test then we'll be able to give you the targets and you can go on and, and do your operation now the problem with giving a speech to the patriots is me being uh holding my viewpoints you know you have to remember you're standing in front of a bunch of people with guns and, and you know people who are pretty radical with you know and proud boys is, and it's a pretty serious so who situation. are the patriots are the patriots the patriots caucus or is it a different group now right right so so the patriots are the far right group uh for trump but they're also mixed in with proud boys and they're mixed in with it's very very far right extreme so uh you know they believe january a lot of them they all believe uh, that January 6th was okay. As you saw, I confronted a lot of them actually in that YouTube video. I don't know if some of you saw. This is not a group I wanted to be speaking in front of, but I so need to give a speech in front of them. When did you do that speech? I gave that speech uh, about two days later, and the location was given to me at, at um, very last minute notice, so I wouldn't have a lot of time. Um, do you remember where and, it was? Yes. Can you tell us where? The actual speech was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. In a barn? In Lancaster, uh, it was actually kind of in a barn. So if you look at some of the photos, uh, one photo I posted on Twitter, it was kind of like in this overhang, kind of like a hangar type, not a barn, but I can't describe it. What um, color was it? Do you it remember the color of the brick? Yeah, it wasn't brick. It was wood. Uh, mm -hmm. It was like a pavilion. Um, um, and, I want to show and, you a picture. I'm going to try to pull up a picture from another investigation that we've done. Um, but I want you to keep telling the story while you keep doing that because there is... Um, that's unusually interesting that it was in a barn in Lancaster or, or an overhang, as you say. But tell us more about the speech, you know, what happened before, what happened during the speech, and then what happened immediately afterwards. Yeah, no, so I gave the speech. I talked about breaking off from the Republican Party, pro-Flynn, pro-Trump. I went against everything that I basically stand for, and uh, I was ready to throw up as I was giving the speech. But again, I had to do this to get done what needed to get done to protect the United States. And you have to understand, sometimes intelligence you have to do things you don't necessarily believe right. in to get the job done but uh but you're not intelligence you're working as a as a on your own you're not, you're I, I was working as a private citizen involved in a private intelligence operation okay was reichland there no who was there uh who was there were a whole bunch of patriots and then velma showed up uh, and velma showed up in a military uh tank top with a flint hat and sunglasses and it looked pretty scary she was not dressed as a normal individual at mm -hmm. um, that point in time, she was sitting with another gentleman, and, and that gentleman turned out, actually, we found out later, was Brian Fitzpatrick's uh, old opponent. It was after that, uh, Velma came over, she had a computer with her, uh, had a list of uh, people in it, and she provided me, uh, you know, I asked her who the targets were, and she gave me uh, Senator Pat Toomey and Brian Fitzpatrick as those two targets. Um, it's so interesting. 
I'm going to try show you this. Uh, I don't know if these are full videos or whether they are. I'm just going to take a little second here, if you don't mind, while I pull this up, because this barn has come up in a previous investigation that we've done. Um, and it's interesting that it's in Lancaster and it's interesting who the owner is. And we'll get to all of that in a second. But I want to show it to you and maybe you can confirm or deny whether it is, you know, specifically the one you're you're talking about. So this is a, a Google image from above. It might not be easy to, f to see, but here is um, this barn in question. Does that look familiar to you at all? No, uh, the, the pavilion, it was a very short, maybe 15 feet to, to 20 feet height. Um, that seems like a much bigger structure than where I was at. Okay, it's an interesting thing, but on the ground, it doesn't really look um, as much. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll, let's do this after the show. I don't want to throw stuff at you that is interesting. But let me ask you, did you meet anyone by the name of Charles Bowsman while you were there? Does that ring a bell? No, uh, that, okay. Charles Bowsman is not, no. Okay, it's not okay. let's move on then. Um, so let's get to Michael Flynn, because that's really important for us to get to. You've done the speech, you passed the test. Reichland, who tells you then that you can go and see Flynn? And where does that happen? Yeah, so uh, there's this conference called the Ziglag Conference, uh, and I was invited to that by Al Hartman. That conference is supposed to be for evangelical Christians who are going down to this conference. And what I was told immediately after given the targets that General Flynn wanted to have a private meeting with me. And Al Hartman arranged for this meeting to take place. And within 48 hours, uh, I was set to fly out to Dallas to meet at the Omni Hotel and uh, to meet General Flynn and to get further operational instructions. What is was the name of the conference, just so we have it? It's actually called the Ziglag Conference. Maybe I'm pronouncing it uh, uh, incorrectly, but... Because um, you did also have a Q conference right at the same time, right? I think in May, there was a, at the Omni Hotel, Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell had a Q convention. Was it related to that, or was it just a different thing? Uh, I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you don't believe in Q, or do you? I don't know. Maybe you do believe in Q. Is there any? Is that part of your? I believe that these QAnon people exist, and mm. I believe that they are extremely uh, mentally ill. If you're asking me if I'm personally yeah, believing yeah. in Q, no, I, I, okay. no, uh, no. So why you have this meeting then with Michael Flynn? It's set up. Presumably, it means work for you, right? Presumably, this is also not just an opportunity to go and find out what they're doing and do intelligence work, but potentially this is work for your company, right? Is that is would it have been both of those things, or is it just one of those? No, we could not accept money for, for this whatsoever. Okay. If I accepted one dime from them, I would be in jail for life. There's just no way I could I could ever. It's not even an ethical issue; it's a criminal issue. Right. So you went there just to find out for your own intelligence purposes. Or was it for somebody else's intelligence purposes? I mean, who to go all the way there to meet with Michael Flynn? I mean, that sounds like a pretty um, high stakes meeting. And it might yes, not be something you could undertake on your own. No, this is something I wanted to do because I felt that this was the key where uh, I could make a significant positive difference and really defend the United States. And, and again, even though as a private citizen, you know, we all have a responsibility and a duty to defend the United States and to do the right thing and to step up, especially now in today's day, especially after January 6th. Just because um, I don't work for the government, that doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to do the right thing. And there's nothing wrong with acting as a private citizen, gathering intelligence, and nothing wrong with that. As long as I don't accept money from somebody, you know, you, you can As long as you're not you committing a that. crime, it's fine, right? Right, it's right. Like, no, right, right. Now, the whole problem, though, with this situation turned into was that, look, if I'm walking into a room with a three-star close confidant of mine, you know, a number of people who, who I know and, and my counsel, you know, they recommended, they said to me, look, Everett, you walk into a room with a three-star general who's committing treason, 
you know, the FBI is bugging the room or something, or you know, who knows what's going on. I'm not accusing the FBI of anything, but who knows with a crazy situation like this, what I could be accused of, uh, you know, especially I'm playing a double agent type role, which I have been for three, four months now. You know, but for yourself, uh, you not, know, for, I, I, not for correct, the FBI. Correct. Okay. Correct. For myself, I was not sourced. I was not working for the FBI. Mm. I was not working for the CIA. You know, if I was working, you know, I was actually working for myself. I was uh, 100% self-directed. That's actually what it's called. Mm. Um, but I was reporting back to the FBI. Uh, I was certainly doing that. Uh, I reported Throughout the back entire the thing, you're, you're reporting back to the FBI? Or just during this last process here with Flynn? No, no. I was, uh, the FBI had full notification of what was going on. You know, the, the Bureau had, uh, you know, knowledge, but look, I was self-directed. Uh, I was not a source. And again, you know, by me walking into a room with a three-star general, this can be considered me committing a crime. It's possible. Who knew? Uh, so I, I, it was a well, risk. Well, what you're discussing, but yeah, there's a real potential that you're, you're involved in a criminal conversation then, as you're alleging, Correct. that they were in, considering all sorts of things, including domestic terror. Yeah, you wouldn't want to walk into. I mean, I wouldn't walk into that room. But I mean, here you are. You walked in, but you didn't walk in. You chose not to walk in based now, on counsels uh, let, 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 from your friends, right? Yes. Let me put it this way: I was more than willing to walk into that room, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I'll leave it at that. I was more than willing to walk into that room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, is that where the trail ends? It ends with you not going to see Michael Flynn because you know, just to let everyone know, you you ended up fabricating a story and not going at the last minute. Is that where the story ends? No. Mm -hmm. Where does it go from there? It's still going on. Right now? Yes. What does that mean? And it's difficult for you to answer all of these questions. I understand. I that. know. I know. It puts me in a bad position. But let's just say that this story does not end until General Flynn and uh, this group is uh, dismantled and the United States is uh, protected. And without revealing too much, um, are you currently... Uh, in contact with any law enforcement? I can't say uh, wh whether or not, um, I just can't comment on any type of... Um, right, I understand, I understand. Like that. So this is a difficult situation, and regardless of any, your political background or your political beliefs, this would be an unsettling situation to be in. This is not something you would drive yourself into willingly. I mean, this is something you you would find yourself in and find it pretty distressing. I can't imagine a situation where anyone would make this, would do this on purpose or, or uh, can you, can you imagine that situation? Is there any let, way that that's let, true? Let me say this. Uh, and I say this with all sincerity. Mm -hmm. I really, out of all the sleepless nights I've had, I really wish that Velma and Mark never approached me that night, but you know what they did. And uh, sometimes in life, when the enemy comes for you, you'd certainly better fight back. And so you're committed to continuing this fight to try and, and bring them to justice. Where does it go from here? I mean, certainly difficult for your political career. And I suspect maybe personally threatening as well. I mean, is it, you know, what do you do from here? Yeah, look, you know, if you're asking from a safety standpoint, mm -hmm. um, yeah, look, we're talking about a large group of extremists uh, come at me, and this is not me being paranoid, this is me being factual. I think anyone, everyone out there realizes that. Honestly, again, I'm defending the United States. I believe in what I'm doing. I'm protecting, I'm protecting our democracy, and it is an honor to be able to fight people like Ivan and Flynn, 
and defend, you know, um, you know, defend everything that every soldier has died for in American history. It's an absolute honor. So you know what? I have no complaints right now. I definitely feel that in all the conversations we've had, and there haven't been many, just we first spoke today on the phone. And if everyone's asked online how we connected, I saw your press conference. Someone sent me a link to your press conference, and it was either very early on, on uh, late on Friday night, somewhere in the middle of Saturday, Sunday, I think. When was your press conference? Just, just to confirm this. It was on Saturday, I think, your press conference? Yes. Yeah. So that uh, night, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw it and I just reached out to you online and it was a bit of back and forth. Uh, and that's how we connected. So that's all there is. It's a lot for people to take in. I mean, the thing is that I step away from all these situations and say, are we seeing all of this happening in the real world? And we are seeing attempts to audit the election still. We are seeing those attempts to order the election by Sidney Powell, by Giuliani, by this extravagant group of people who are still out there trying to do it. The ninjas, whatever you call them, you know, they're in many states, there are still efforts underway to overturn the elections for whatever reason. Some might be ulterior motives, some might be to actually turn over the elections, some might be to secure different people for the next elections, who knows. But we are seeing this. We still see Michael Flynn organizing militia around the country and bringing together sort of these white nationalist followers around the country when he goes out and does all these sermons and speaks to people. We're seeing that actually still happening. He's still very much active. And we're seeing Reichland being involved in all sorts of interesting activities. We saw that one videotape that he took there. You know, he is an interesting character. I've got tape here, you know, where he is meeting a voter while he's campaigning during the this current Virginia election. And maybe I'll just play it for you because you know, the voter, he's speaking in Russian. This is a, a Green Beret. I don't know how he learned Russian, but, you know, the very fact that he can speak Russian so fluently, I mean, it certainly raises questions. He looks and sounds, I would say, like he could fit well into a Russian intelligence service. So, you know, I'm not um, saying he is because I don't know what he is, but I'm saying that there's a lot of things here which add up to what's happening in real life. So what you've painted for us is the internal workings I don't know if they're criminal. I can't tell if they're criminal. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an investigator. I'll take your word for it that they are criminal. Um, you've painted for us a scheme, at least, that is intended to blackmail or push, or however they call it, influence politicians, which would put them in a position where they would be supportive of what someone told them to be, i.e. Donald Trump or Michael Flynn. So these are all very consistent. I mean, we've seen it throughout the entire Republican Party. We've seen, you know, I was listening to a tape earlier on of Kevin McCarthy full-throatedly saying that Joe Biden is the is the right uh, president of you know of the United States and that Donald Trump is is the person responsible for what happened on January 6th but he said that on January 7th or maybe a little later during the impeachment trial but by now he's changed his tune completely so why have all these people why has the entire Republican party changed its point of view all at the same time what is causing these people to do that you have to think that they're being exerted influence whether that's coming from you know just general influence, whether that's, as you suggest, maybe illegal influence, we don't know. But it seems to be happening not only on a state level, as you've described, in these states where there's audits, but also in the national party. I mean, that, it's very hard to avoid that, those conclusions. Those are real. Those things, everything I've said, are absolutely factual. So you know, what are the things that could cause someone to do this? Power, money. Honestly, it really comes down to those two things, mm -hmm. um, power and money. We've seen this uh, throughout history. And one thing I'll say right now, and I said this in the press conference, that my party, the Republican Party, 
needs to take a good hard look in the mirror because we are going down a road that we should not be going down. This is not the Republican Party of Lincoln. This is it's just not America. It also seems like they're, you know, as you suggest, they could be captive to a situation where they're being extorted or blackmailed and and maybe they think they'll get out of it. Maybe they think at some point, you know, there'll be the right moment to get out of it. It doesn't appear to be that there is a right point to get out of it because every time they seem to reach for that exit, as they did after January 6th, as they did with the uh, impeachment trials, they get pulled right back into the bus. You know, the bus is still careening off the edge and we're still here six months later and these people are still doing what they're doing. And I don't get a sense that the Republican Party is, is going to change because they are, feel like, whatever reason, they're compromised to a point where they can no longer operate on their own free will. That's my feeling about them. I have no, no way of knowing that. But it's certainly, it's a terrifying situation to contemplate for one of two of America's parties to be so compromised to have this entire you know, maybe criminal campaign around them, but certainly an influence campaign around them that is not allowing them to operate of their free will, which means they're not representing the people of the country. You know, and, and one thing I'll say, though, is one of the most important things about America is hope. And I certainly have extreme hope that the Republican Party will fix itself. You know, sanity will be restored. I just have that hope. I don't know. It's just throughout history, we've always pulled it off. Not just the Republican Party, but yeah. Democrat, Republican, Americans in general, we're all Americans. We've always pulled it off. And this corruption and this, this evil occurring right now is just to go away eventually. But we have to fight it out. It's, it's not just going to go away on its own. We have to fight on this one. I think you're right. And I, people have different opinions about you. I've known you for a few hours. But I, I must say your story does check out. But it's also clear to me that you're doing it for the right reasons. So I feel like there's that you uh, genuinely believe that it is important to expose these things to the public. There's certainly no good reason to do it otherwise. I mean, maybe you could be interested in publicity, but boy, that's a hell of a way to find publicity. I'm sure there's many other ways than to, you know, go and confront these major figures. Um, it certainly seems to make some sense to me. Other people might disagree. And I want to hear from everybody because I'm, you know, I don't know any more than you know now. You've certainly had as much information as I have. But um, I think it rings true that the Republican Party and members of the Republican Party could be under some sort of blackmail scheme or some sort of extortion scheme to operate in certain ways. I don't think that's hard to imagine at all under the current circumstances. Um, I'm going to just let anyone, if they want to, just on Twitter chat mainly, if there's any last questions before I let you go. I did want to ask you about a um, comment from Scott Stedman, who's a uh, journalist for another organization whose name this case before a second. But um, he said something about you doing something a few years ago with him. And he said you're a, he said publicity hunter. I don't remember the exact terms, but we discussed this earlier. Tell me what's your version of that story. Well, look, I don't want to give this individual too much uh, publicity himself, but mm. what I will say is that that individual, look, Tactical Rabbit does a lot of news stories. A lot of reporters come to us wanting to, to publish those news stories. Mm -hmm. He was one of those reporters that wanted that this story on this Russian stock that was a front. And I don't want to get into that because that's not the focus point of this segment, but he wanted that story. We vetted him out and we felt he was incredible. And we wanted to go to the Wall Street Journal and a couple of other news organizations instead, which is our right to do. It's nothing personal against him. In fact, I don't, I don't have anything personal against him. He might be a fine 
gentleman. I, 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 I don't know. I don't even care what he says about me. It, it doesn't matter. All I know is that from a professional standpoint, I wanted to go to a more credible journalist who had more of a track record in journalism, uh, who, who published with newspapers, and that's it. And it doesn't even mean that he's a bad journalist. It just means that uh, I want to go with someone who did something in newspapers. That's it, and that's my right. And if he has an issue with that and feels I'm a publicity hunter because of that, that's fine. But what's very important is that in order for me to expose the bad guys, remember, I don't have arrest powers. So mm-hmm. the only way that I do it with Tactical Rabbit is through exposure. So mm-hmm. am I a publicity hunter? I guess through getting news stories published, but a lot of people try to get news stories published. So I don't see yeah. where that's an issue. Yeah, you're a very unique animal in that, you know, as I said earlier, not many people have private intelligence firms, which they can use for whatever they might choose to use them. I mean, you are one of those people that obviously requires some sort of um, you know relationship with the press. So I'm going to let that stand, and hopefully that explains some of the, you know what was being said there. I think we should wrap up now because, boy, we've had a lot of interesting conversation tonight. I know that so many people helped me and in, in online tonight and before just to verify some of these facts and sharing information with me. I'm really thankful to everybody for all you've provided. I wasn't able to get to absolutely everything, but I think we did give everyone a good sense of Everett Stern's story here. I think it's, it's much clearer to people what you say happened. And, you know, I wish you all the best and I really hope that you stay safe. And I hope that uh, this does get resolved in the way you hope. You know, we're all ultimately on the same side here. We all are interested in in the United States continuing to be a good and fair democracy and that these villains are put away because that's the only way we can have that democracy. So thank you very much. My first uh, GOP candidate on the show. Uh, I want to thank you very much for being here and being so honest and taking the time. I know you've got lots of other documents and stuff that you can share at a later stage. And I'm hoping you will be able to do that when you come back on the show, if you'll agree to do that or through other means. But that would be great if you could also share that with us. So thanks very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Is there any way that you want, if people want to get in touch with you, support you, anything like that, what should they do? Um, If they want to tweet out, I'm trying to answer as many tweets as possible, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to be as honest and transparent, uh, but it's hard to be inundated. But I I want people to to ask questions, but I'm trying my best. So uh, certainly bear with me. And Um, you're at at Everett Stern one, right? That's if people are looking for you on Twitter, that's where they can find you. Yeah, there seems to be some people impersonating me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so at Everett Stern 1, uh, the other comment I wanted to make was some people are, are looking at older tweets of mine on timeline. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that I had a campaign team before and, and they were they were fired because they weren't in line with my value system and, and my – so just understand the difference between politics and my actual values, which obviously were uh, dramatically changed. I don't want people being influenced by things that I, I didn't actually say or, or believe. Mm-hmm. People are saying, um, how can citizen journalists help? How can the viewers of this show are, you know, part of what the crowd that's helped discover Trump Russia? And I'm going to say to them, what I hope you would say is that, uh, you know, fact check everything, research everything and start diving down those, these rabbit holes. I mean, there's so much information we learned tonight. It's so much information. In fact, that I think that there's, you know, there's a world of that we cannot see that we can uncover if many minds come to it. But what's your suggestion for everybody and how they can help? Yeah, look, it's the same way how Tactical Rabbit operates, the private intelligence agency. Do, do your own investigation work. You know, you can make a significant positive difference yourself and submit it to news organizations. Let them know and, and also pressure the mainstream media to report. The reason why they're not reporting right now is because they're vetting all the facts and it takes them longer. But, you know, we have to get this story out there and keep the pressure up and don't let this don't let this go away. But do, do your own research and, and keep, yeah, keep digging. 
And that is important, by the way, then people are asking about why the mainstream media has not picked it up. Well, they're, they're not as fast as I am, but also uh, they're, they're doing their own internal fact checks and, and they go through their own, their own systems, as many of you know, must take a little longer than, uh, than yeah. the, the one-man show here. The, but uh, the, no, I was just going to say, the biggest hurdle right now with mainstream media are their legal teams, and they're mm. afraid of being sued. You know, but look, the truth's going to come out, and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. So just hang in there, and believe me, it's not because this stuff's not credible or it's not true. It just takes them longer. Absolutely. Everett Stern, thank you very much. The candidate for the GOP in Pennsylvania. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, someone who's alleging uh, these crimes against Flynn and company. Thank you very much for joining us on Narrative tonight. And thanks to all our viewers. Tomorrow night, Narrative is back. Sherry Jacobus will be returning to the show after a bit of an absence. We're really excited to have Sherry back on. We are going to look at what's going on in election night tonight. Boy, what a divided country we are, and suddenly the GOP is back. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll give you full analysis, uh, full, uh, maybe, maybe if the results are actually finished, they might still be counting votes. So we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And in the meantime, thanks for watching Narrative. Have a great night, everybody. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative.